Concepts for Living. Welcome to Concepts for Living. Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. Concepts for Living can change your life today. Hi, and welcome again to Concepts for Living. We're so delighted that God grants us this privilege to come to you from time to time with more biblical principles for contemporary living. I want you to stay tuned because in this particular message, I'm going to be stressing the fact that he thought I was worth saving. By the way, he thought the same of you. Would you stand with me and let's read together from the last book in the Old Testament, in fact, the last chapter of the last book in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. I'm going to read verse 2 and verse 3. Unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. The day that I shall do this, said the Lord of hosts. Look at someone and simply say to that person, he thought I was worth saving. He thought I was worth saving. As wicked as vile, as unholy, as unrighteous. Not, not y'all, not y'all, not y'all. Just, just a few of us, but not all y'all. He looked down and did everything he did because he thought we were worth saving. Now I wanna ask you this morning, are we worth saving? Aren't you glad you found the answer to living a saved life? Stay tuned. You're going to be blessed as I will share this word with you today. Take your seats. I rise on this 57th time on an Easter Sunday. 57 messages on the resurrection and the significance of Easter. That has been my privilege, that has been my distinct honor to echo the truth of the resurrection. So then I'm rising today, not merely to argue the authenticity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't have to do that. It's settled with me. There's no question in my mind that he arose. Isn't it amazing? We don't question how he was crucified. But we do question, did he rise? I mean, did he come up from the grave? Did he, in fact, walk, living, moving, talking, speaking? 
Because in most of the minds of we human beings, when death occurs, that's it. That's the end, we call it. Hmm? But with Jesus and with those who love him, serve him and fear his name, death is not the end. It's just an occasion in the process to glorify God in a resurrected state. So, I'm not here to argument to argue the stupendous claim, the extraordinary event in the resurrection of Jesus. One of the reasons why I'm not doing it is because it has already been done by so many others. Those who were scoffers and skeptics. Not only scoffers and skeptics, but also biblical scholars. Those who study doctrine, biblical doctrine. They have engaged in debate and uh, they have engaged not only in debate, but uh, you'll find that some of their discussions actually would end up discounting the possibility of a resurrection. And, and some have just outright denied it. We don't need that. And yet somehow Hollywood. I said Hollywood. Hollywood has made millions. In movies on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They may not serve him. They may not even know him. They don't care. But it sure is for them a business opportunity. But for me and you, it's not a business opportunity. It's not about commerce. For you and I, it's about our souls. For you and I, it's about our future. For you and I, it's about our validating our connection with our living God. That God thought we were worth saving so much that he would send his son to die for us. And not only to die, but to be buried. But then to rise again. Oh, Jesus. I said, then to rise again. This is no mere story. This is not Hollywood material. It wasn't done for them. It was done to redeem us from the power of the enemy. It was done to redeem us from the destiny that we were on. Because had he not died, you wouldn't be here today. I just wonder if there's anybody that's glad he died. I know it don't sound right, but, but we're glad he died. Because in dying, he saved us. Rising. He justified us. One day, he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Hallelujah. So then, the doctrine of the resurrection is fundamental. It's the fundamental tenet of the Christian faith. Some have declared in their scoffing. Listen to what someone has said regarding the resurrection. The resurrection, the claimed resurrection of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
It's either the biggest hoax pulled on the world or it is the greatest fact of history. I believe it's the greatest fact of history. The noted theologian by the name of David R. Griffin, who has done exhaustive study on the history of the church and of on the, I would have to say, the move of the spirit of God in the church. This, this, this awesome theologian put it this way. I love it. He says, the Christian church is built on an empty tomb. Watch this now. Watch this now. He said it's built. The Christian church is built on an empty tomb. We're not going to deny that he was crucified. We're not going to deny that he was crucified to death. He suffered and died. And then was laid in a tomb. Not his own. A borrowed tomb. But he was laid there in a tomb. But early on a Sunday morning, the first day of the week, he arose triumphant. Who am I talking to today? I say he arose triumphant from the grave. When they put a period, God put a comma. Hold on. It's not over. There's another stage. That's why this morning we ought to be more concerned about this than about buns and bunnies. We ought to be more concerned about this than we are putting on a different color of clothing today. Oh, Jesus. Precious Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. When everybody else deserted you, you still did it. You went all the way up the Rio de la Rosa, step by step. Carrying your own cross, which was really our cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let us never become so religious. Let us never become so haughty in our religiosity that we fail to be moved when we think of what he has done for us. Oh, Jesus. We love you. We love you and we will serve you for the rest of our days. I say again that the the resurrection of Jesus is the vindication of God's promise. Peter put it this way. Peter said it was not possible that, 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 that death should hold him. Griffin, in his writing on the Acts of the Apostles, 
uh, gives us some graphic imagery in this whole idea of, of, of the fact that, that, that hell wanted to hold him, wanted to shut down the whole operation of Christianity. But he couldn't do it. I said he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it in spite of all. The resurrection of Jesus remains the criteria for restitution with God. You didn't hear me. I said the criteria for restitution with God is the resurrection of Jesus. If thou shalt believe in thine heart the Lord Jesus. And if thou shalt believe that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Tell somebody you can't get saved without the resurrection. Yeah. The resurrection is necessary to our salvation. Read it. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Read them together because it says that with, with the heart, Man believe it, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Are you all with me? This is the doctrine. And we ought not to be ashamed or to draw back when it comes time for us to testify about our belief. I know it blows your mind, but he died. And he rose again. And he lived forever. With his saints to reign. He arose. He arose. He arose. I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care if you can't understand it. I said he arose. He arose. The prophets told of it. Spend some time and read how many Old Testament prophecies articulate. The fact that he would. In fact, if you read Isaiah chapter 53. But there are other prophets that have spoken. Not just Isaiah. But, but when you read Isaiah, it's, he, it reads like it's in post state. He was bruised for our iniquity. I said he was bruised. He was despised and he was rejected of man. He was, he was, he was. In other words, God loved you so much that he did it before you saw that he did it. Salvation was already prepared for us before we decided to get saved. Somebody ought to give God praise. That God would go so far to do it in that fashion. To the extent. That even now there are those still lost requiring the implications of the resurrection. (laughs) When you read in the Old Testament prophecies, every detail is covered. I said every detail is covered. Just take some time and read what is known as the Messianic prophecies. In particular, the resurrection. And it's going to blow your mind. Because you don't have a resurrection without a death. I said you don't have a resurrection without a death. So I believe he really died. 
you got your, you see, you just can't just say, oh, he, he rose from the dead. No, no, no. The resurrection was a necessary vindicator. In fact, Ralph G. Turnbull says that the resurrection of Jesus was God's receipt for his death on Friday. And Tony Capello, he puts it this way. He says, it's all right. It's Friday. But Sunday's coming. I don't know if you all understand what I'm saying. I don't care how dark your night. The day is coming. I don't care what you're going through. If, if, if this particular year, 2022, does nothing else in our celebrating of Easter and the resurrection, the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus, this ought to be the time when we glow with it. Where we glow with it to the extent that it goes beyond just getting together. Having a nice meal. No, the prophets foretold it. Numerous ones. In fact, Jesus said, all of the writings of the Psalms and the prophets was about me. All that Jesus went through was prophesied. The empty tomb declared it. He's not here. He is risen. As he said. The church proclaims it. Did you know that the main doctrine of the New Testament church was simply this. Jesus and the resurrection. I know we do a lot of homiletizing. I know we're getting into a lot of deep biblical uh, uh, studies. And I know all of that. But no, theirs was simple. Jesus and the resurrection. Jesus and the resurrection is enough to satisfy God. Are you with me? If we could just advocate Jesus and the resurrection. Now, he, Jesus, also advocated destroy this temple destroy it and in three days I'm going to build it up again now you don't hear anything about the cross you don't hear that you don't even hear about the tomb but what he was talking about was the cross and the tomb because what he's saying is that you go on and kill me and guess what? I'm going to rise again. I wish somebody would get that. In fact, in fact, you ought to turn to the devil right now and say, for everything that I've been through, everything I'm going through, and you're trying to kill me, watch this, but you don't know that whenever you're finished, I'm still going to rise. what you put me through, I'm still going to rise. Resurrection power. Say, I'm praying for you, Pastor. Jesus chose Jonah when he was in Galilee and he was preaching and uh, he just like seemed like out of the blue, he just uh, he says, well, you know, Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. And he says, and on the third day, 
he came forth. What he was simply saying was, I'm going into the earth in a grave for three days and three nights. But look out. Because nothing can stop this. I mean, you can put, the, you can put your sentry by the door. You can seal it up. You can do whatever you want. Because when the time comes, I'm coming out and nothing can stop it. So you and I have to understand that the resurrection of Jesus was advocated not only by others, but by him. Well, you know how things are. You know what I could have done? I could have gone back into the archives of my messages and sermons and just picked my say, I think I'll do this one this year. And I'll do another one. Maybe I'll do, I I don't know, I'll think, I'll see, I don't know. I've got so much here I could do. All kinds of sermons and themes around here. But when I was musing, just for my own soul enrichment, just that he would help me to cope with what I was going through, he took me over to the last book in the last chapter of the last book to show me something that would help me to get through. I wish somebody would say, well, would you tell me I wish somebody would ask, would you please tell me? Well, what did you see? Do you know, do you know, I'm trying to say that, do you remember, do you remember how many times you and I have been to a Easter service? And we tried to duplicate last year. We tried to make everything like it was. Make, no! This thing is dynamic. So I'm reading, I'm studying, and, and just, and then here it is. I said, oh, my Lord. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves properly tended in the stall. Wow. Here it is. There is. What blew my mind was this. That Jesus, since no human eye saw him rise. No human eye saw him rise. We do know that he did rise. But he could have risen and gone back. But instead, the word said he rose with. He arose with. For days I couldn't get this out of my spirit. And then just the other day the Lord said, you will preach that on Sunday. That's when I got encouraged. I told my wife, I said, the Lord told me I'm going to preach this on Sunday. She didn't know what it was. 
I don't think, I don't think you all got what I said. Is it, let, let me say it again. But unto you that fear, that reverence my name, shall the son of righteousness arise with healing, with healing. Jesus. He could have just gotten up and gone, but no, he got up with. Oh, Jesus. He got up with. I said, oh, Jesus, look at this thing. He got up with. Yeah, Lord. With. This is the last prophecy. Before 400 years of silence. No prophets prophesying. If you don't get it this year, folk. If, if, if you don't receive it now, if you don't get it now, if you don't get it out of this particular season. I don't know. Because, watch this. He arose with healing. With healing. Well, what do you mean by with? Well, the word with as a uh, preposition, it, it, it means this. It means accompanied by. He took the time when he was, when he was getting ready to come out to take the napkin where his head was and just fold it. That means he wasn't in a hurry. And he just did that and laid it right where his head would be. He came out on time. He came out not only on time, but he came out with something. I said he came out with something. Something accompanying him whether person or thing he doesn't come out empty he doesn't come out empty there are some watch this some residuals that go along with the resurrection there are some there's some some things beside the, the phenomenal extraordinary rising there are some things that God wants you and I to get. That's why Jesus got up, but he got up with some stuff. The Bible says that he got up, watch this now, he got up with. He arose with what? Healing in his wings. You know, we always have three points to our messages. For this message, he arose palatably. He arose powerfully. And he arose promisingly. Stay tuned and see how these words relate to the fact that he thought you were worth saving. Whenever the Jews would want to advocate their total devotion to God and to what he has required of us. They would go before him with the talit. They would cover themselves. Yes. 
not saying as much as showing their devotion not to one another but to God because it represented that they feared his name fear doesn't mean fright fear means reverence they reverence his name and they don't care how strange his look they wear it why because it represents to him their total devotion and here they are with the Talif. But long before they came with that, he came out with some stuff. And what he came out with is what's going to help you and help me to live not merely in that century when it occurred, but through the rest of our lives, from generation to generation, from generation to generation, from generation to generation, everything that he is giving us, everything that he's releasing on us is for generation to generation. He arose palatively. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, medical term which simply means bringing that which eases the pain that which brings about comfort and peace that which addresses the deep issue that you are bearing He came that way with healing in his wings. Which means that he came to heal. And the thing that blew me is this. That as he came, he came having experienced the pain himself. On the cross that he had to bear. Without the care of easing his pain. They gave him wine, I mean, a vinegar. They gave him vinegar and gall. But that doesn't ease it, that just increases it. Are you listening to me? But he came with healing in his wings so that you and I, whatever we are going through, whatever we are hurting by, whatever we are having to suffer, he has come with healing in his wings. It's got to be more than just a theological dissertation. It's got to be a personal experience that what he went through was for me. Healing in his wings. Now, as he ministers to us, you and I have to appreciate that he's concerned about the hurting. I'm going to stay here a minute. Because there's some people hurting in our world. I mean, all you got to do is just look at your television and see what's happening in another country. And the body bags and the death and the dying and the suffering and the loneliness and the pain and the brokenness and oh my God. Bring it on home. What are you dealing with? You ought to, this morning, 
Understand that this Easter message is about getting you what you need to get you through. So he arose with healing in his wings. Now the thing that got to me was this. When he arose, he stayed around for 40 days. Ministering to his disciples, right? Now while he's ministering to his disciples these 40 days. Before he ascended. There's no record that he healed any blind eyes. There's no record that he healed any paralyzed people. There's no record of it. So healing in his wings. If if he's got healing in his wings, then he's going to be going healing here, healing there, healing there, healing, healing here. No, no, no. What we have to understand is. The healing that was needed was not physical. The healing that was needed was spiritual. And the healing that was needed was social. Watch this now. Because the healing that he's now doing, we see him doing this. And that is healing doubt. Healing fear. That caused the disciples to scamper off and to hide. Healing. Healing in those who were going on the road to Emmaus. Who said, we thought he was the one. We thought he was the redeemer. We thought he would have done this. We thought he would have done this. Is there anybody here that finds themselves on a path where you're saying, I thought he said. I I thought he would do. I thought, now wait a minute, it's not all physical. It's emotional. Spiritual. You need healing. He's got healing in his wings. He came with it. Healing in his wings. Read, read, just read Psalm 103. Just, just, Just listen to it. Verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Come on, say it with me. You got it? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Come on now. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And what? And forget not all his what? Benefits. For he forgiveth all thine iniquities. He healeth all thy diseases. (laughs) Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Lord Jesus, all that's going on at Easter. All that's that's a part of the resurrection experience. So I want to pause right now. And I'm going to tell somebody, you in church today, you are here. Perhaps out of custom, cultural custom. I don't know. But if you're here and you need healing in your mind, in your spirit, in your relationship, 
Because some relationships had broken. Peter's relationship with Jesus had broken. But when he got up out the tomb and he was moving, he saw Peter. And guess what he said to those who were with him? Go tell Peter. Backslidden. Spiritually faltering. Broken in your relationship with him. But yet he said, go get Peter. Oh, I'm going to stay here a minute. Because you know you're not everything you're supposed to be. You know you messed up here and messed up there. And you let up here and you let up there. But I hear him say, I got healing for our relationship. Peter. Peter, is he you? Oh, Jesus. I don't know what your sickness is, but he's got the remedy. And the remedy is to deal with the whole problem. He wants to give you some benefits. I want to see some hands right now of people who are ready for some spiritual benefits. I mean, I've been living on the mega, but I'm ready for some spiritual benefits. I'm ready to see that what he can do for me is just like when the healer comes into the room. Yeah, he can fix whatever's broken. I want everything he's got for me. I'm sorry, people. I want everything. I wanted to bless my soul. I wanted to bless my mind. I wanted to bless my life. I wanted to bless my relationship. I wanted to bless my business. I wanted to bless everything. Somebody ought to say, go on, God. I know you're doing it because you thought that we were worth saving. The world cut us off. Friends cut us off. But you thought we were worth saving. So you came with healing in your wings. And so, no, 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 see, see. Do, do you have that? You, you all got that one? You sure you got it? Okay, well now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to celebrate the fact that he not only came to heal, but he came with power. Have you ever been in a situation with great expectation only to discover that the one you thought had all you needed didn't have it at all? What a letdown. Hmm? What a crash. What a disappointment. Because I thought that he would have done this. I thought he would have done the other thing. I thought he said, come on now. But there are times when you and I have to admit that we ourselves don't know what we need. But the blessing is that he knew what you needed. So he came with healing in his wings and he came to do it with power. 
Now it's not nice. Do you ever you notice like when you go to the doctor, don't you kind of feel like when he says everybody, okay, just the two of us, please. I remember years ago when my wife was pregnant with Vernon, my first child, and and he uh, took my wife to the doctor. And when we got there, uh, uh, I'm, this is my wife. And so he says, no, you stay out here. She's going in there with me. Didn't even sound right. <laughs> so I said, oh, no, sir, I'm sorry. I'm going in with her. It's my wife. He says, you didn't hear me. I'm the doctor. So you just wait in the waiting room. And while I'm in the waiting room, all kinds of stuff going through up here. Oh, Jesus, what, the, what, 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 all that's going through my head, right? By the way, I'm the only one ever done anything like this. But the point is, I'm concerned that he's taking her in, just him and her. There are times when God will isolate you from everybody else and everything else so he can give you direct individualized treatment I feel led of the Holy Ghost to tell somebody stop complaining and saying where's everybody because that may have been your problem too many bodies so God will take them off you sit out there in the waiting room and wait until I deal with the situation with that person y'all not listening to me this morning I don't believe all this stuff was just for me he arose with power I'm sick of people promising but never delivering he rose with healing in his wing and he had the power to do it I want you to look at the word. The word says, <laughs> when Jesus arose, not only did the stone roll from the door, watch this, but the graves of dead saints opened up. The earth quaked and opened up. And people who were dead, perhaps from the antediluvian period, all the way back, they got up and they're walking through town. And the Bible said, and others saw them. Hold on to your seat real quick. You might be sitting by somebody that just got up. You, you, you may be sitting by somebody who was dead but because of his resurrection power it rocked everything around there and it all opened up my god I feel like running hallelujah get ready for some disruption in your life Get ready for some disruption in the relationship. Get ready for some things to shake out of place. Power. Not only power, watch this, on the, ins on the outside, but power on the inside. Wow. Wow. 
power. We've got a lot of weaklings that are trying to do jobs that require strength. You need the power. But Vernon, that sermon's just for you, son. Just going over here. Just going over here. Yeah, Vernon, just keep that one to yourself. Keep that. But, but I've been wondering. I see the power that 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 bursts things apart. But I see another power. Because First Peter chapter three verse eighteen tells me that when Jesus was in the grave. The Spirit, the Holy Ghost, was in there with him. And when the time came for him to rise, the Scripture says he was quickened by the Holy Ghost. Tell somebody the anointing in your life will raise dead things. The anointing in your life will raise dead things. Stop trying to argue your way through and out of situations. Just have the anointing. Oh, oh, y'all looking at me so funny. Okay, I'm going to tell you something now. I hope you can handle it. The anointing is so powerful and so emphatic that even though Elisha died was in the grave bones <laughs> but when they threw a dead man into that grave with dead Elijah the Bible said the anointing was so great in that grave in the bones of God's servant until the dead man got up and walked out. Power. I want you to say it loud in here. Power. We need power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Supernatural power. Holy Ghost power. Wow. <laughs> I wish I could do. Anyway, so 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 now the saints are walking about shouting and praising and carrying on and they're doing it and it's all because of the power that emanated from his tomb. But he was quickened from the inside before he came out. <laughs> There's some things that God wants to do with you, just you. And he wants to do it in that confined setting where you will get quickened before anybody else gets quickened. So you got to develop a personal relationship. I was sitting on a rock this morning uh, after the uh, sunrise service. And as I sat on that rock, the Holy Ghost began to speak to me and said, do you remember? I said, yes, Lord. Do you remember when you were a little teenager sitting on the same rock? Do you remember the things you said? Yes, Lord. Where have I strayed from those things? 
Some of the things I was saying, I did not know. I did not understand the full gravity of what I was saying. When I was saying, take my life. Do whatever you want with me. They said I'm going to be a jailbird. They say I'm going to kill somebody because my temper is so bad. They say, oh God, take my life. Same rock. Do you remember? I said, yes, Lord. And look at what you have done. Because of your grace and mercy. Because of your power. His power can change you. Make you what you ought to be. Hallelujah. Say power. His resurrection was powerful. No wonder Paul said, he wrote to the, uh, to the Philippians, and he said to them, oh, I want to know him. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. I, I want to know what he had to go through for me. I want to know, but also I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know that power that raised him up. I want to know that delivering power. If you want to know that power, lift your hand up in the sanctuary and just say, God, I want to know that power so that when I come up against things that look so insurmountable, when things look like they're impenetrable, God, I'm asking you for supernatural power, not only in my mind, not only in my spirit, but I want you to give me supernatural power in my being and in my mouth and in my word so I'll say things. And things will change. Hallelujah. Say, I want to know that power. And to know it is one thing. To exercise it is another. (laughs) I was in a situation just recently. I got to be careful. Right through here. I was in a situation. And I was told what could not be done and what would not be done and all that kind of stuff. And I said, Lord, now, I'm human, but I believe. Lord, I'm, 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 I'm in a position where I need now to see a demonstration of your power. I, I, I can't, mine, mine's not working. And so I take my hands off. And I ask you, show your power. Days later, not months or weeks, days later, the situation changed. I stood by myself and I said, God, you got a one-man congregation right now. I'm going to do all the hallelujahs. 
I'm going to do all the praise the Lord. I'm going to do all the glory to God. I'm going to do all of that, just me. I, in fact, I ain't studying nobody else. Because when I needed somebody to help me to get through what I was going through and how I would have to deal with it, nobody could help me but you, God. So I just want to back up and give you a private service. I'm going to just worship you for myself. And I just began to worship God. And the more I worship God, the more the Holy Spirit embodied me. I feel him right now. Woo, I feel him right now. Oh, his presence. So much of what we try to do on our own can be done like that with God. When we reach a place of resolve and submission. I only want to see the hands of people right now who have reached their end, who acknowledge the fact I've tried my best and I can't make it work. It's not working. It's not working. I want to see your hands up right now. See, ain't no sense in coming to church and just listening and going out of here. <laughs> my hands up! I don't know what else to do. Hallelujah! 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 Oh, God. A few Sundays ago in here, I made an announcement. I said, things are going to break. Things are going to break. We now have testimonies of things that are broken. Things that have tumbled and fallen. And I've been dealt with. I'm not telling you a bean dream. Big things suddenly changed. Miss things suddenly changed for you. May you see it so you can give an amen later. Suddenly. Change. Lastly, he arose powerfully. He arose. Promisingly. Promisingly. Where are you going from, Pastor? Where are you coming from? What's this all about? The Bible says that Jesus met with his disciples in the book of Acts chapter 1. He was with them 40 days confirming and talking of things concerning the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that the whole conversation reached a peak when he was taken out of their sight and they saw him going up ye men of Galilee why look ye into the heavens this same Jesus that you see going into heaven shall come in like manner as you see him go into heaven 
The Spirit of God just told me to tell you to stop praising God for the things that you want him to do. Come on, just, just stop praising God right now. Things you lifted your hands about. Things that you said you needed his working on. Things that you knew you couldn't do by yourself. God just told me to tell you, just take a little time right now and praise him. You don't even need the music. Just praise him right there, right there. Just praise him as though you have it. Praise him. Those of you watching, because now we're beginning to get responses from you. Wherever you are, the anointing is in this place. The anointing is in this place. So note with me, the promise is this same Jesus. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, the one who was crucified. The one who was laid in the tomb. This same Jesus who rose from the dead. You shall see him again. For he shall come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. You can't deal with the resurrection without ending up with the ascension. (laughs) You remember he told him, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. I go. Come on, somebody. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am going to, you shall be also. Let not your heart be troubled. I've got to close on this. Malachi chapter 4. And ye shall tread down on the wicked. For they shall be as ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Tell somebody, I'm getting ready for the greatest blessing of my life. And guess what? And nobody can stop it. Because I'm not doing it. God said, and I shall do it. God is working right now. So that you will end up celebrating. You will end up with your foot on that thing that was wrecking your life. With your foot trampling it. Put some stuff under your feet. Walk on it. Stomp on it. Get it out the way. Because God said that you're going to be praising me. And you're going to be glorifying me. And you're going to be magnifying me. Easter is a time for more than buns. It's a time to celebrate. Well, we sincerely trust that you've been blessed and enriched by this word. It's a word in season. He thought you were worth saving. Therefore, he gave his life and rose again that you might know he thought you were worth saving. So until next time, when I come to you with more biblical principles for contemporary living, may God bless you and yours. 
Concepts to leave it can change your life today. 